from playing 18 to a full 60. Early leads to buzzer beaters. It all starts by getting on the board. Welcome inside episode 34 of On the Board. I'm Colby McKee. Across from me, Lance Dahl. Hello, Colby. Hello, Lance. Hello. And across from him, Corey Bacoskis. Hello, Colby. Good day to you, sir. Um, we're going to start off with basketball, with something that we don't talk about right off the hop, but a worldwide event, unfortunately, occurred earlier this morning. Uh, Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, passed away at the age of 41, along with his daughter, Gianna Bryant, and seven others in a, uh, a terrible plane crash just outside of Los Angeles. They were uh, on a way to a travel basketball game and uh, unfortunately did not make it there. Uh, lots of support and uh, grieving going on in the online community uh, for the sports world. Very tough. I, I'll be honest with you guys. I I really have this story to heart. Like I'm very emotional about it. It's not something that uh, was you want to wake up to or uh, deal with in your day-to-day life, but I guess we'll just kind of go around the room and discuss what, you know, Kobe meant to even non-basketball fans and, you know, just a global icon, basically. Yeah, that's the thing, because it's like, he wasn't just a basketball guy, right? I mean, right. he was like, like, I mean, you kind of broke open this door that was way wider than just sports. I mean... Him and Jordan are like the two biggest names in basketball. So yeah, it's crazy, man. It's uh, it's nuts. Like the first thing I thought of when, when I heard about it was like I I just thought about his eighty-one point game, mm-hmm. like against the Raptors. Yeah, that was uh, back in 06. Yeah, that was a that was a wild wild uh, game, and he was just so beyond his years at that point. Like I mean, he was well above his time. Um, so yeah, it's just it, it's crazy to think about. Uh, that all of a sudden he he's not around anymore, and I mean just uh, like with the comments that the LeBron was making yesterday, just about uh, passing him on the scoring list, and and like just how it all kind of comes together so fast. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard to kind of put into words properly. It's it, it's just it's crazy, yeah. it really is. I think the thing I think the thing that uh, hit harder for me this time around because I mean you you look at. Uh, Roy Holiday just not too long ago and it's a similar situation right like yeah. an icon of the game uh, maybe Kobe Bryant a little bit more so for basketball but Roy Holiday still an amazing pitcher um, the, the thing that hit most was the daughter yeah um, right and I think it just you know for me especially you see like you know not saying they're they're old but you know Holiday and and Kobe Bryant they're well into their years right in 30s 40s right like they've had most of their life but it's a, you know a 13 year old daughter you know that can happen to anybody it really makes you think like you know oh it's just such a young life mm-hmm. um taken and and you you know you want to kind of focus more on the person as opposed to all their accolades and stuff like that but you look at the potential that that young girl had of you know probably being the best women's basketball player um with Kevin Kobe as her father so just and you know my heart goes out to the other seven um all the families there um yeah it's it's tough it's devastating and like you know we've kind of come to know that Kobe wasn't so much into the basketball world um, upon his retirement in, in 15-16. He kind of got out of the game for a little bit, but the the spark of his daughter coaching her and uh, and obviously traveling to and from her games was kind of brought the spark back and it brought a relationship with, with his daughter um, that only those two could understand. And the, the one video that was shared all over social media today was a short 10-second clip of, of 
just him and her breaking down a game, a play, whatever yeah. it was on the court, and it was it was so heartwarming to see, and and yet it just it's so prevalent in this situation that life is so short, yeah. and at forty one, he was just entering the second stage of his career, um, an already established first career with you know eighteen time All Star, and like you said, all the accolades are are one thing, um, but just. And then for his wife too, right? His wife to lose not only her husband but to lose a daughter as well is uh, just downright devastating. Um, you know, he is survived by his wife Vanessa and his other three daughters. Um, yeah, just and beyond basketball, like we said, he's a global icon. You know, guys in in the NHL, in NFL, um, in the golf world, tennis world, soccer, all over the world. The yeah. Grammys tonight. The they Grammys did a, tonight. They did a. Uh, Short little or a song for them mm-hmm. or for him with boys the men exactly yeah. um yeah it just well it's like even seeing like Tottenham Hotspurs manager like Jose Mourinho like that's across the world mm-hmm. you know what I mean like that that's what's wild like to see Jose Mourinho talk about like what Kobe meant to him it's like that's just that, that's wild I mean and and like it, it's hard to try and find you know any kind of positive and something like that but it's like you know a guy like that like his legacy is gonna live forever. It will. Like, I mean, he's one of those guys that people are never going to forget um, regardless. And so, I mean, th- that's that, that's a positive. It's like when something tragic like this happens, a lot of times we get caught up in the 15 minutes of of what might have happened and everyone talks about it for a day and then it goes away. But it's kind of nice to know that, you know, this is this is a situation and, and a person's life that will never be forgotten like in sports or just in the global world. Yeah. Like, I mean, people are still going to go and throw, you know, wrapped up paper balls into a garbage can and yell Kobe, Kobe. F- forever, yeah. right? Like, that's always going to be a thing. My so. fiance, when I when I told her the news, like, she's like, like, that Kobe? Like, the one <laughs> I wear, and exactly, same point. Yeah. Like, it'll never die. And it mm-hmm. should never die. Keep up with that tradition because, mm-hmm. damn it, it's cool. Yeah. And uh, it, I've seen a bunch of tweets. I'll, I'm going to go through a couple quickly. But uh, one person says, Kobe made it okay for fans to accept that Michael Jordan had to retire. He was that crossover, like Lance yeah. said. Yeah. Um, when Jordan retired, he was there in 96. He was he was the next coming and he didn't want to be the next Jordan. He doesn't want to be the next LeBron. He wanted to be the only Kobe. Mm-hmm. He, he played the only way he knew how and not like talking about a global game, but his work ethic, like his, he's such a fighter. Like mm-hmm. those are some of the words that came to mind from all over the world today was just like his hard work and his, he's always in the gym. Whenever you thought you were the early one in the gym, he'd be in the gym. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I know seeing, uh, I guess I saw Tyler Harrow from Miami and Donovan Mitchell from Utah both talking about retiring 24 forever. Across the league, yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah. And I'm, I mean, if that happens, great. If it doesn't, that's fine. I mean, but just to see even like Trey Young tonight wearing number eight instead. That was cool. Uh, for Kobe, yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, the then, Mavericks have already, um, Mark Cuban, the owner, have already said that 24 is off limits now. Oh, and he would be, you you know he would be probably the one to, to really kick it off. Yeah. Like, Cuban's good that way. So, I mean, like, I, I think it would be kind of, it would be kind of cool to see that number go away forever, like, take 24 out. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, how else do you kind of, like, really memorialize someone in sport? And I think mean, 23 and 24 would both be off the table. It's just goes to show, like, the... The power yeah. of both of those gentlemen. Not saying that Michael Jordan has passed, obviously, but um, just in that situation. Just quickly, to to see him only win the one MVP is 
is crazy. Like, LeBron's got four, and Steve Nash had back-to-backs during that time. But for Kobe to only win the MVP in 2008, yeah, that's, it's crazy. Like, because he was weird? people you love to hate him. He was oh, he yeah. was the most polarizing guy I'd say in the 2000s, and just like you had to respect his game because not only the 81, but the 62 and three quarters that he had, <laughs> like a week or a month before, um, just the most gifted offensive talent I've ever seen. One of them. Yeah, yeah, he'd be up there. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, yeah, he's and defensively incredible. too. Like he was on double digit all defensive teams. Yep, and that's pretty crazy to see. Yeah. Good player. Good person. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yep. Do you see that, uh, <laughs> to put a little sad, well, I guess it's all sad, but a little bit worse of a, of a point on it, did you see that uh, his wife hadn't found out about it um, before oh. she saw that the TMZ reported no. it? No. Yeah. Wow. Which sucks. Yeah, that's right. I think we talk about it a lot on this podcast about wanting more from social media social media people want more 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 yep. more and they wanted like that instant gratification but you know i think today was a a big reason why like that shouldn't be the case you know they should be letting that stuff information out when the family's comfortable with it yeah i'd yeah. say that was about 25 percent of my twitter feed today was mm-hmm. just journalists going at people who mm-hmm. were go- being first instead of right on their info um, mm-hmm. That's it was like eighty percent, seventy percent love for Kobe and just you know um, memories and stuff like that. And the other twenty five was just journalists going at others who were spewing incorrect facts. Well, and there's one uh, group that said all all four daughters passed away. We're all in the same yeah. planet. Yeah, I think I did see that too. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a bunch of just misinformation, and yeah, it's. It puts a dampen on the whole situation, on an already really crappy situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Cabby in, in Canada here, Cabby was one of the uh, the mainstays. He was one of the who got only access to Kobe, uh, yeah. you know, in that late 2000s. And I seen an interview with he did with Rod Black of TSN. And, like, to hear that man break down, that got me again. Like, it was heart-wrenching and to see that all over social media today was very gloomy on a, on a gloomy Sunday so um, rest in peace to the Black Mamba 41 years young um, may he always live in our memories so cheers to Kobe <laughs> with with our icy mountain yeah, water yeah icy mountain we'll water yeah, we'll cheers hey. cheers okay yeah, should have brought a beer today right. no no yeah all right Okay, Tigers. Tigers took a win against the Raiders. Not an easy segue, but <laughs> goes about his ways. Um, yeah, so two-game road trip for the Messina Tigers in Saskatchewan. Lose a tough one on Friday night hmm. to the Saskatoon Blades, 6-5. Uh, Garen gets the, the pull after allowing five goals on 31 shots. Lance is already <laughs> rolling his eyes hmm. and shaking his head. You want to harp on the defense again? Why do you say it like that? Because I'm the only one that's going to come out here and say no, it. No, it's, it's true. Because it's true. Like, you can't... They're up 3 nothing. You can't lose that game. Mm-hmm. You, that can't happen. Like, get it together. I mean, thank God they did, and they found a way to win the next night in PA. But, uh, like, as, as problematic as it is, like, I, I... Okay, first off, didn't think that we were going to ever talk this year about how the goaltending is now becoming a question. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're here. 
like the goaltending is a serious question with this team. Mm-hmm. The good news is, and I actually, it's it's a surprising positive for me on the whole goaltending situation is that they still have two of the best goalies in the league. Like for as poor as they've played, they're still two of the like one of the best tandems in the league. And all it takes is one of those guys to get hot at some point. I mean, preferably sooner than later, but. I mean, as long as they get in and they get hot in playoffs, it's all that matters. Anything can happen, absolutely. But it's not dire straits, but it is a qu- it's a question mark right now. It's just, it, I think the most frustrating thing is just because you see this team and you know that they should be if, like leading the division in the conference, if not, excuse me, close to it. Yeah. So yeah. that's the frustrating part is like to see and you know where they can be at. And and just to see games like that kind of get away is, is a little frustrating. But like I said, like I just it's good to know that they're still two of the best or the better goalies in the league. And so that when you get into playoffs, then things might be able to spin around and just get one of them on a on a bit of a hot streak. But yeah, exactly. Only one of them has to theoretically take the reins. Yep. Um, I still think it's Mads Net in the in the playoffs. I don't, you know he's had a little bit of a rough patch, but he's still the the guy. I yep. think. Yeah. Um, Last year, I mean, there was some question marks with Jordan Hallett. Like, it was, it was, it wasn't quite his. Like, you know, he was the starter, but it was definitely up for grabs to, to see who was going to get the starting role going into the playoffs. But I think, you know, from Edmonton scoring in game second or game six last year, uh, it's been mad snap for this whole season, I think. Would you everyone guys loves disagree? Everyone loves a backup, though, right? Yeah, no, everyone, everyone loves and... a backup, except in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> Outside of Toronto, everybody <laughs> loves a backup. And so. Yeah. And Garen has played well, not to the point where I, I agree he hasn't overtaken Mads, but yeah. he's now, like, and he has been this whole season, making it way more of a competition than I'd say most people probably gave him credit for. Yeah, I mean, he's still only 17 years old, so it's a, a tough position to be in in the first place to try and take over a 19-year-old goalie. But, I mean, the future does look really bright. Um, I think it's just been a couple... You know, two or three really bad games for Garen. The the seven goals against Edmonton that kind of put those stats down. Yeah. But you know, you look if you were to take all of his games, there's some really good games. Some you That's know, one thing. goal, two two goals. You know, a lot of save type performances. Like it's consistency with with any goalie and any player. But like you you see that more when a 17 year old goalie's in there. Like I mean, Garen can go and put up a 35 save shutout, mm-hmm. and then he can go and let up five the next night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just the that's that's the growing pains of having a 17-year-old goalie and just someone who's, you know, still finding their way. But like like you said, the future, like, Garing can kind of be a bit of a, I guess, a spark to what the future years can look for for this team. Because, I mean, like, finding a, a solid goaltender at, at this age in the league kind of propels you ahead of teams immediately. Absolutely, So it's like yeah. if you have that base, like, all of a sudden you can kind of retool around what you have in place with your goalie. So, I mean, that looks good. But for this year, it's just like, they just just win the games you're supposed to win, please. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Please do it. Well, and, I mean, we'll get to their upcoming schedule for this week and beyond coming up. But uh, there's some winnable games coming up against yeah. uh, Swift Current and whatnot. You mentioned the win on Saturday night. They head down the road to uh, Prince Albert, win 4-3 in a shootout. Mads gets a start there and, uh, and holds his own. Kemp gets the uh, shootout winner. And uh, Jimmy also scored. Jimmy Hamlin also scored in the shootout as well. Two goals, though, on the weekend for Daniel Baker off the back end. He's got 11 on the season. Mm-hmm. That is a, a very nice welcome surprise. And it's nice to see him crack the double-digit mark. 
Yeah, he developed more than we all thought, I think. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that last night yeah. on our way to the, the silver buckle. Yeah, um, to the buckle, <laughs> the buck. Get some, <laughs> to get not some get beers in. in us. To go sit there and then realize we can't actually get into the buckle, so we yeah. have to go somewhere else. Oh, was Damn, it a concert night? Dueling pianos. Oh, dueling pianos. I've heard of the dueling pianos. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, he's just taken off, like yeah. development-wise. And, and I, I said it to you last night, and it still doesn't sound crazy to me, but like a late-round flyer by an NHL team in the upcoming draft, like why not? Absolutely, good sized body. If he if he can learn to like he does he uses his body good enough for the for the WHL as an eighteen year old right now. But yeah, mm-hmm. he could. He's he's pretty thick, right? He's got some some height and some weight to it. Like he could he could he's run into guys. Thick. He's he's thick. He's got that three C's. Three C's. He is. He is. <laughs> but like he he can play, like yeah. in in both ends. He sees the game. Like way better. Like he's just taking such a big step. And like points aside, like you just watch him play, and like just the way he sees the ice. Like he's making every first pass out of his zone is solid and crisp. Like I don't remember the last time that I've watched a Tigers game been like, yeah, Baker didn't have a great night. No. Yeah. Even when he's not putting up points, he's still like he's not a guy that you're ever saying had a bad night. Yeah. And it's like that that's the great sign. There's that consistency you talked about Big with, time. The, with the goalies. Like Big he, time. he's got that personified right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's I can't even think of a time where there's been like a defensive lapse or like a two on one back the other way and you're like, Oh god damn it, Baker. Why did you, 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 you know? think yeah? You know, it happens with the other defensemen. Like it happens, you know, every once in a while to yeah. everybody. But like I'm trying to think of a time where it's like, Oh, come on, Bakes. But uh, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, happen. No, he's been he's been uh, he's been good. And um, I want to talk a little bit about the newly formed third line that got a couple goals this year or, or this weekend. Um, Baxter Anderson, Nick McCary, and Kyle McNabb. Yes, McCary had a couple goals. Anderson had a goal. Like that's uh that's, that's an nice interesting to line. See, see some production on that third line. They played yeah. with uh, eleven forwards there on Friday. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, they yeah. played with that seven D. So uh, yeah. they were probably. I didn't get to see the who like who swapped in on that fourth line per se, but uh, nice to see. Really switching the lines up a little bit, and like you said, getting some chemistry there on the third line. Well, I think Adjuman went up and played forward again. Yeah. Oh, is that they tried that because he's been playing it, wing a little bit. Okay. They tried that in Moose Jaw a couple weekends ago, and yeah, I mean that that's got to help to have that seventh defenseman just in case somebody gets tired to throw somebody out there, but then also a guy that can fill in on the fourth line whenever they get their shifts. Dylan Bredo. Just like Dylan Bredo. Man, second yeah, round pick. <laughs> second round pick. 300 right games played, Dylan Bredo. <laughs> oh, it's true. But yeah, no, like that. that's that's an interesting line with Anderson, McCary, and McNabb because like, and I, I always say like McCary just seems like this guy with the, like so much skill that just needs to find a way to be untapped. On yeah. that, yeah. Like he seems like he he sees the, off, like offensively, he sees the, the ice so well and he just needs that next level, you know what I mean? Like you it's like when you see the potential, but it's just like fuck's sakes, he man. Need, like just get there. <laughs> he needs that opportunity is what you yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean like if he can find with energy guys, yeah. like maybe that's the key. Cause I mean Anderson is full of energy. McNabb's the same way. Yeah. And he's a net front presence which kind of opens things up a little bit for McCarry. Right. Like that's an interesting line. Yeah, McNabb's big. He's like a power forward. He can he really knows how to use his body. And you talk about McCarry a little bit like that. Yeah. McNabb is thick. Body talk. Too. McNabb. He's big. McNabb is very thick. He's big with four C's. No, four C's. Yeah, let's give it to him. Oh, um, man. No, but oh, Anderson man. is like 
for a guy that hasn't put up many points in the WHL, you know, I just don't think he's found his way. But like, he's pretty skilled too. Yeah. If you look at his the numbers that he's putting up in Bantam and and before he got to the WHL, like he was a really skilled player coming out of. Uh, um, out of those leagues and then just didn't really find his way points wise and kind of been stuck on that fourth line his whole career but I mean you know maybe he's found his his right line mates to, yeah yeah uh, I mean I know he's more of a penalty killer but if he can just you know win face-offs and get the puck to somebody who can put the puck in the back of the net I mean the thing with Baxter oh stop it uh, oh. the thing with Baxter over the weekend a white shot, I think. <laughs> oh we, we lost the camera yeah. camera down right. um, but the thing with Baxter when he scored his goal it looked like a goal scorer's goal because he's like drifting around on the weak side and the puck, or I, th- I can't remember who shot it. It was either McCary or, or McNabb, I would mm. assume. But puck comes in at the net and McCary's in just, or uh, Anderson's in this perfect spot and like it's a prototypical goal scorer's goal to just to kind of find open space and like see where the play is going to develop to. And so like, yeah, like if Baxter can settle in, like, I mean, if they start to roll together, having that third line to kind of come in as another yeah. wave because... For as much as we love the Chizowski, Kemp, and Cylinder line, I mean, they do a lot of damage on the power play. Yeah. Like, that's where a lot of their damage comes as a line is is with the extra man. So if they can have that third line to just to throw out there that's responsible on their own end, yet can chip in on the offensive side, like, my God. Yep. That would, unlock that a whole a, different wave, right? Like uh, you said. Unlocks a huge layer, yeah. And that line didn't get any, hasn't had any points in the past three games. So mm-hmm. they've kind of... Um, cooled off a little bit the Chizowski line you're talking about yeah, yeah they've been pointless in the last three games so you know to have that third line that can be like all right you know it's all right you guys are just going through a little bit of a rough patch let's chip in let's get one win you know let's let's get the points when we can well it's nice yeah. to see the uh the Jimmy Hopwell Svevkoski lines putting up what 41 points in the last 11 games so yeah. they're kind of picking up some slack there yeah. as well so they're doing okay yeah they found something there yeah, yeah. like Corson Hopwell might be one of my favorite players yeah, yeah. like they, I love a guy that can get on the score sheet and then pick up some pims yeah. <laughs> you like do. that's what Corson's doing right now <laughs> not a great golfer but not uh, a great golfer no no well, you know you never did reach the uh, <laughs> the island pin there in your mind no <laughs> he's a nice guy though he actually said that he, he needs to take me for coffee okay he said that after the skills comps so that's nice of him good for you um, um, but no, I was just looking quick because, like, I'm just infatuated by Daniel Baker's numbers. Like, he's a plus 32. Yeah, he's like, that's I understand, huge. I understand their team scoring a lot of goals. So, like, when your team's good, your plus minus is going to naturally inflate. Yeah. But, like, plus 32, like, he's head and shoulders above the rest of the team. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. That's nothing to slouch at. That's, nope. for, sh- that's for damn sure. Um, anything else quickly before we get to the schedule? I think, we, yeah. Just uh, schedule? Uh, you can go to the All schedule. Right, we'll go yeah. to schedule. So, Tuesday at home against the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, the first game of a home-and-home home series. Then they're back, uh, no, Saturday, Friday. Can't even read my own notes. Friday, they're Fry in Swift Friday would be Friday. Yeah. Fry, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Friday in Swift Current. Then back home on Saturday against the Brandon Wheat Kings. I, I put down you got to make hay against Swift Current, but you probably can make hay against Brandon as well. Yeah, that's not a tough back-to-back in Swift and then home to Brandon. Yeah. yeah. That's, not, that's not a difficult... Road trip travels not bad at all. You're literally just driving straight on the number one, <laughs> yeah. so that's fine. Put it in cruise Tra- control. Yeah, yeah basically. No Google style. Maps on this <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to get MapQuest to kind of design everything for you. Yeah. Uh, no, that that's six points. That's what it should be. Should be like you, uh, like you said a couple episodes ago. Um, whatever it was, you're saying it was 13, no, 11 games against non-playoff teams yep. in 26 games. Well, now it's 11 and 22. Okay, right. Half, so we yeah. just, yeah, 
Um, so crazy to think only 22 regular season games left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where you gotta, you know, get tidy. You gotta, you gotta make sure all your P's and Q's are tightened up. So yeah, we'll just wait and see. Find a way to play your systems well. I guess like, like I mean, in theory, they should w- beat Swift both times. Shut up! Not in theory. In theory, <laughs> in theory they should. That's that's the first time my series ever gone off. I didn't even know it worked. Uh, theoretically, oh, we'll we'll put it that way. They should beat Swift both games, and uh, they should be able to take care of Brandon. But it's just a matter like in the in the style in which they they beat them is what's important at this point yep. I would assume it's just like as long as you keep it clean like you, you play your systems well and uh, like it, it results I don't want to say not as important because I'm just going to assume that they should win all of them so it's just like yeah. how you get it done I guess and defensively like you've been yeah. mentioning on every podcast for the last month they got to tighten it down and like that goes to their systems as well but yep. uh, if they play it correctly then they should be limiting their op- opposition to let's say lesson two yeah lesson three I didn't have it off like I don't have it off the top of my head I checked a couple days ago they had like the second most goals in the league yeah like behind Kamloops that was it that top Tigers. line in Kamloops yeah. is yeah. ridiculous yeah um, yeah I mean Lethbridge is slowly creeping up there as well I mean they're in our own division but they've mm-hmm. got a, a lot of good goal scorers as well so very good to see though they're keeping up with the, the rest of the WHL pack I uh, want to switch over to the NHL they had their all-star weekend did anybody watch <laughs> um did you see I it on any TV screen comp. on the at the Silver Buckle? No, 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 we didn't get to go in there, man. Not, not even at all. No, oh, they I didn't have a you, table. I we thought s- you got in and then had to leave or something. I saw a little bit of local. Yeah, a little bit of local. Yeah, yeah. We watched the end of it. I was more enamored with the boxing that was happening. <laughs> okay, yeah, you put twenty dollars down on a guy that was oh, massive on. He was like a fifteen favorite. to one. Did you get involved dog. in his betting schemes? I just let him do his thing. <laughs> did he lose by unanimous decision? Yeah, he won one round. Yeah, okay, see, he was like 15 to 1 underdog. Okay. And this was at the start of the fight. I was like, hell yeah, I'll put 20 bucks on him. He he had yellow hair. He wasn't going to win. Yeah, but he had tattoos. (laughs) He looked tough. He did look tough. He looked fucking tough. Tough guy. You know what Um, yellow hair means in boxing? Tough. I'm probably going to (laughs) lose. Okay, that too. That too. All star wise, uh, no, so I kind of saw a little bit. I actually, I taped the skills comp. Because it's just oh. so long. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm fine to just watch it back the next day and just skip through all the commercials and the interviews and stuff. Right. So I watched that front to back. I like what they did with the whole um, shooting the puck from the platform off the ice there. Not even sure what it was called, but I like yeah. the visual of that. Like top golf style? Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. There was just too many people. Yeah. Like too many shooters. Because it felt like it just kind of drug on for a while. How, how many was there by chance? I didn't. I think they had. I only kind of saw the, the, the finale there with Kane I think and they O'Reilly. Had eight? Was there another as eight? Six or eight? I can't remember. They it just felt br- like it was too many. They brought Brett Hall on, on top there. I didn't see how his result went. <laughs> did but you yeah. hear everyone chanting, we went blues, when they saw him <laughs> from, when, from when he did his presser after the cup win? <laughs> no. Did you, not, did you not see Brett Hall at the presser after the, after the cup I win? I only saw him like, during the, the rally? game there. No. So Brett Hall at the uh, cup rally comes on stage and is just hammered and starts shouting, we went blues! And now that's just like a saying, is we went blue. What does it mean? (laughs) No one fucking knows. It was just Brett Hall wasted. Ah. And so then when they saw him at the All-Star game, everyone started cheering, we we went went blues. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. It was incredible. (laughs) That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, that was cool. Uh, Women's three on three was cool. 
I, I was really cool to, to include that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it very like didn't it go to overtime and Canada won an overtime or something. Something along those lines. I, I seen Canada like the won. game winning goal. It was a two on one there. Yeah, Canada won. Canada won. Canada I, I would like to see just like women get put into just the events. Instead of doing the three on three, just like have them in in the, the different events. Wasn't what? that uh, Kendall Coy, whatever she Kendall was in Coyne Schofield? That one yep. wasn't she in uh, the fastest skater last year? Because Nathan McKinnon got hurt. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. I remember that. So McKinnon was picked her as a replacement. Ah, that's pretty cool. Um, th- there's two girls in that one we were just talking about. Where yeah. they're way yeah. the accuracy the, shooting type the thing shooting the stars from up front. Yeah. That's shooting, what they called it. Shooting stars. So they yeah. based it off the NBA's shooting stars. Yeah. Because they do an NBA. <laughs> yeah. They got the like the the NBA player, the WNBA player, and a f- retired guy mm-hmm. on one team. And they yeah. shoot. Oh. You see the? Have you no. ever seen these? No. So it's like they go from the free throw line, baseline extended, a three point line, and then like a uh, half court shot. And they're and, playing against each other, or like? Well, they, a it's team. a time challenge. So oh, basically, okay. everybody picks their spot and. Once all four shots are made, that's your time oh, as a team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, basically, that, they took that name. That's Essentially, cool. yeah. yeah. Like, NBA All-Star Game's way better. Like, just the skills. I, yeah. And, like, the dunk competition, then, like, I, to the All-Star Game, it's just way better. I was so enamored by the three-on-three when it first started yeah. as the All-Star format. I'm a little bit over it now. Because Here's my problem. Okay, they you don't, go. They don't no, care. Go. Like, I feel like the... They don't. It's just a nineteen to eighteen score. Not right. saying that the NBA All Star Game is any better because it's like a one sixty five to one sixty game. Yeah. I just, I don't know. For some reason, hockey players, they look, they look like they don't care more than NBA players do. I can't even describe. And like watching threes and dunks doesn't get old. Like Not that's right. always fun to watch. But you know what I mean. To see Pasternak going on a breakaway or Hurdle score five goals is yeah. just like okay. Yeah. Sure, you're shooting on the same guy over and over again. Exactly. I don't know. My problem with the three-on-three is that they spend all this time and they change the schedule to get, like, different matchups in the division so that, you know, there was more rivalries. And then they say, okay, now come to All-Star Game and be friends. Play with your division. That's so dumb. Like, yeah. why don't they put, like, all, like, the Calgary players and Edmonton players on different teams? Well, did you see and the then, setup there by... Uh uh, yeah, Kachuk set up Kachuk, Dreisaitl and yeah. they didn't even talk. Yeah. No, they just skated around skated each other. away. Well, I don't think it's been too much of a problem until this year, right? Where it's actually, well, maybe it has been a problem, but nobody's really talked about it yeah. until that situation. Yeah, but that's just like, I've always just thought that it's it's weird that you want to create yeah. those rivalries within the division, but then you want to go to All-Star Game and have them just be buddy-buddy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's cool and all, but like it would add a little flavor if you just had them play against each other. Yeah. Right. Like that, that would create a different dynamic that would kind of match up to what you're doing during the season. But in any case, it was good times. Yeah. yeah so Pasternak won the MVP on the losing Atlantic team. Uh, Barzell beat McDavid in the fastest skater. Barzell's fast. Very fast. He's very fast. Z fast. Mm, I, I, I mean, I think McDavid probably just didn't want to go 100%. I don't know. I feel like he McDavid still could look like he was trying. I feel like he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm. He looked like he was putting in effort. Okay. I. I think all that, like all those, most of them, okay, I would say like 90% of those guys that go into those competitions, like they want to win, of course. It's a pride thing, yeah. Yeah, like, well, you want to see how well you can do, right? It's just like it's kind of internal competition, if nothing else. It's kind of like how LeBron won't go in in the uh, dunk contest because he, if he wins, so what? Maybe you're supposed to win. If he loses, his pride takes a major hit, and it's kind of like that. But it's nice to see the NHL stars compete in these little 
you know. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. For the fans, it's fun for the players to compete against the best, whatever. Um, Al McInnes hit 100 on, <laughs> on his hardest shot. Was that, like, mid-competition or was it like, kind of like a he retiree start- <laughs> version mm-hmm. of no, the so event? What he did was he started the hardest shot competition with that. And then oh. for every time a player shot harder than McInnes... Uh, some company donated five thousand dollars to a charity of the player's choice. That's pretty cool. And he started off with a hundred. Yeah, so, point like four. And the charity got like five dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only Shea Weber beat it because he got a hundred and five or something. Yeah, I think he rounded yeah. up to one hundred six. One hundred six. Right. Wow. Uh, maybe one hundred five. Big monster. But anyway, it's that's that's very fast. Um, do you see the kind of the extent of the McDavid injury got revealed earlier on this week with the documentary? Or whatever it was, yeah, special. something like that. Uh, basically, so the McDavid camp was kind of holding out info to the fans and the media about how bad his injury to end last year was. Um, he basically had a torn was it, it wasn't an ACL, it was a PCL I maybe. It PCL. I think it was a PCL. Either way, to to see him skate off the ice with that leg under that kind of a pain, like that's that's ballsy. And yeah. uh, I must say, I haven't watched it yet. I do have it on the PBR. Yeah. Because I wasn't around for it. When, when did that there? Friday after the skills comp, I think, was when yeah, it originally I came on. I thought it was a little bit earlier in the week, but yeah, we can definitely find it. But uh, yeah, he, so he was just trying to downplay it so that there would be less media pressure to come back um, and to kind of give a more concrete timetable. But it kind of goes to the fact of players hiding injuries and how serious those injuries are. He didn't get surgery on it. He went with the rehab option, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. He could, this could have been a way different story if he did have surgery or it was revealed that he maybe he should have had surgery and he's come back and no problems or whatsoever. But yeah. Crazy. That Really? That's, that's it? You, that's you've the been, way you've to do it. You've been silent for 10 minutes and now you just say that's crazy? That's the way to do it. Have you ever hurt your knees, Corey? Always. They're always hurt. Yeah? yeah. Old age? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> He's they, the uh, baby of the group. He's got his sore knees. <laughs> well, I remember you made 13 threes once. So I yeah. Just didn't know if you've had any knee injuries as well. No, that's definitely the way to do it. Yeah, there would 100% be pressure from the whole fan base. It's crazy up in Canada. If he played for Florida, nobody would care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, maybe with him they would care. Yeah. I, I they take might that. still it care. Would be, it's, it would be a lot different, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine that. Well, didn't it's he? Because he said something he hasn't made a decision in 24 hours. Like, I, I remember seeing that, that clip of it from the teaser, and it was like he had to make a decision 24 hours with, within that time window of when the injury happened as to what steps they were going to take okay. for rehabilitation. Because, like, he didn't mm-hmm. want to go and do this massive surgery. Like, he still had to do some kind of surgery. Yeah. But it was just, like, to the extent of it. Like, it's wild. Crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's It's apparently worth the watch. But, like... Like I, I, I couldn't imagine making a decision on like my career in twenty four hours. You do it every day, Lance. I do. You could say the worst things on the radio and ruin your career. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, better than but Connor I McDavid. Not to. No, you yeah, do. because I don't know how that makes any sense. You but take thank you. those twenty four hours every day. Yeah. He only had one day at twenty four hours to choose <laughs> his career. Thank You're the yeah. real one MVP. One day is twenty four hours. That is yeah. actually correct. Yeah. Fuck you, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> who I are said. you? I said that. Anyway, um, Lance Hall's a legend. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I like the yeah. Uh, yeah I like the compliments back and forth. That's yeah. nice. Way to go, gentlemen. The All Decade Team was announced uh, for the 2010s yeah. for the NHL. Yeah. Crosby, Ovechkin, Kane, 
Duncan Keith, Drew Doughty, and Mark Andre Mark Andre Fleury mm-hmm. as your goaltender. I think that list pretty much sums up the entire 2010s. I think they did a great job. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize Patrick Kane had the most goals in that decade, or the mo- not the most goals, the most points. Yeah, he had like 770 points in the decade. I feel like Ovechkin still had most goals. Yeah, and because Crosby missed a pretty significant amount of time, he's a little bit lower on that list. But um, like, you could substitute any of those Blackhawks players. You could substitute. Um, I mean, you could throw in uh, Chris Letang in there. You could probably make a case for Brandon Saad, considering how many cups he has <laughs> with Chicago. <laughs> you could probably make a case for him. Could yeah. <laughs> was, like, Ho- oh, was Hosa on all of those teams? I don't know about all of them. No, he was on a couple. Brian but... Bickle. <laughs> like you could just <laughs> Nicholas Jalmerson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jalmerson's a great guy. Yeah. You could just have the entire Black Corey Box Crawford just be the team of the decade. Yeah. Really? Um, I mean, you can't dispute what they were like that. They were the best team of the decade, though. Yeah, like the Blackhawks, bar none. Just that was announced as franchise. well too. Like yeah. they went through a, like the player wise all decade, but they also went through a, a team best team of the decade, and I think the Blackhawks won there. So it was weird to see them not make the playoffs this decade, especially in the like in the late last couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's really weird to see them not there. Yeah, just because that that dynasty is just so you know historic, and they've just had so much success success over that decade. Yeah. No, they no, probably they had don't. a lot of sex as well. Sex? Oh man! Did they? Probably. Yeah, maybe even before uh, right, Stanley Bri- Cup night. Brian Bickle seems like the guy that would just smash. Yeah, like he he went into any club he wanted. He was just like, hey, let's go. <laughs> I sure his I wife would agree. Well, yeah, I don't know if he was married at the time. Yeah, he, if he wasn't, he thick. Yeah, well, he's thick. <laughs> he's yeah, thick. he's like seven C's thick. Yeah, <laughs> like him, the Bickle and Bufflin. Oof. Like my goodness, they Buffalo were was only part of the there. first team though. Were they that were they weren't there at the same time? Were they? Uh, I don't know, I don't I don't know either. I don't know. It's really irrelevant. Yeah. We're talking about Brian Pick. Yeah. But he was he was great. <laughs> Little Patrick time. Sharp. Oh yeah, Patrick Sharp. Sharpie. Is a guy. He's, he he's a guy that you just you gotta like. He's a good looking dude. He is. I feel like the Dallas Stars are like when Sharp was on the Stars, I don't think he's still on the Stars. Oh, he's, no, he's retired. He's done. Yeah, that's right. They were a good-looking team. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they were Sagan actually. Yeah. And, I mean, you got uh, um, what's the captain there? Jamie Ben. He's yeah, not the right. most Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop's a I mean, handsome dude. He's kind of dude. a big dude, but like six seven. People like six seven. Dude. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. People, do, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Not that I, I don't know like either. Six seven dudes. Really? No, I'm more okay. of like a six-two. That's that's your type of dude. Yeah, eh? yeah. It's not too intimidating yet. Just big enough. <laughs> what is that weird? No, no. It's great. Good. I like great you break it down. A, great, you have a type. Good footage. Well, yeah, I know who I am. Well, uh, we'll that's put it fun. up there. Thanks. Um, so outside of the Kobe Bryant news, there was lot, still lots to talk about in the NBA world. We talked about LeBron moving past Kobe uh, for third time on the uh, NBA's all-time scoring list. Obviously, job, a little bit. Uh, Poetic there. Good job. I know you already mentioned it. but No, just good job, LeBron. Oh, yeah. okay. That's all I got. I thought you were looking at me like that. Nope. It was uh, Kobe's last tweet congratulating LeBron. Mm-hmm. It was. Fitting. Yeah. Quite yeah. fitting. Yeah. Uh, I'll be awaiting to see what LeBron has to say. We haven't heard a, a statement from LeBron yet about the whole news, but that will be, uh, I'm sure, very endearing. So, uh, Lakers' next game is Tuesday against the Clippers. Clippers, eh? so that's going to be... At home. Well, I guess, of course. <laughs> well, I guess they are wearing Tuesday. the home jerseys. What, ta- what does LeBron do on Tuesday games? Does he still have tacos? He's going well, to taco about that. Oh, that's taco about. I think you've heard that. He needs our... to get Taco Fall. That's what he needs. Does he? Trade for him. If he had Taco Fall on his team, 
They could use a center. He could I mean, have they Taco got Tuesday with Taco. Yeah. In his Snapchat It'd nice. videos. It'd be nice. Uh, there, there probably will not be a, uh, a dry eye in the house mm. in the Staples Center. That'll be... Uh, probably not. That'll be a memorable night. We'll probably be talking about that next week as oh, well. Oh, sorry. Can we just talk about how they made the Raptors and Spurs play like an hour after it happened? That's, Two hours? We like, could definitely talk about that. That's crazy. When they canceled... That's nuts. It's different. Like, I couldn't play in an NBA game. <laughs> Like I know I couldn't play in an NBA game anyway, <laughs> no, but like could. I definitely could. couldn't do it today. <laughs> You're a sharpshooter. Yeah, 13, um, 13 threes. Indeed. <laughs> uh, but I agree. I don't know. There was talk they were going to cancel the Brooklyn Nets game because I know Kyrie was out for that game due to personal reasons. But there was talk that they were going to cancel some of these later games. I'm not even sure if that's correct. Um, I haven't seen nothing. No, I didn't really look. Uh, just quickly going to the. Uh, the sports app here. But obviously what uh, the Spurs and the Raptors did at the start of the game was a... Very poetic. Good, yeah. That was awesome to see. And then like every team kind of did their own thing. Some oh. were taking eight second backcourts mm. and 24 second shot clock violations and stuff like that. So yeah, it was really, really cool to see. They did not nice. cancel any games. Nope. I just looked it up. So that was my... Play on. My bad. Yep. <laughs> Play on. <laughs> uh, the all-star starters were revealed on Thursday night. In the East, Trey Young, Kemba Walker... Giannis Antetokounmpo is your captain. Pascal Siakam, Toronto Raptors, first-time All-Star. Hey. And uh, Joel Embiid. Are Kemba your Walker. Kemba he been Walker. Good? He's been fantastic for the for the Celtics. Not People Brad- were voting for Kyrie, even though they played. He's played about twenty games. Not Bradley Beal. Beal's been good, but he's also on a shitty team. Yeah, but so like he Bradley Beal over. I mean, Trey Young's on the worst team in the basketball, and he's a starter. So <laughs> yeah, but Trey Young's Trey Young. Trey Young's been fantastic, but I agree. Bradley Beal's been. Awesome, and yeah. he will be a reserve. Oh yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, the fan fifty percent was fan vote, and the other fifty percent was uh, league executives and players as well. So kind of a Weird. collaboration in the West. Luka Doncic gets his first time uh, All Star nominee, the youngest All Star since LeBron back in two thousand five. James Harden's on the team. LeBron's your captain. Anthony Davis and Kawhi Leonard. I'm not sure when the actual draft will go down uh, between Giannis and. Uh, LeBron, probably when the reserves are named so they can actually pick a full roster, but <laughs> just talk, I'm, talk, I'm talking this out loud because I thought that they, <laughs> be a good idea. I thought that they only draft from that starters pool, but then I kind of forgot that they do. They, they start with bench. The, the, they start with the starters and then they add their bench players. So oh, my, they still have to. Oh, so it's not East and West. It's right? not East it's and West. Okay. So, so the guys named are just, they're named because. They're the first 10 starters. Oh, they're still yet to be drafted. Okay, I was wondering what the captain meant. I know they did the draft last year. Yeah. Okay. It was was actually a big hit. I think it went really well. I really liked it, yeah. To have these two do it again, I would have liked to see Doncic uh, claim the uh, top vote in the West to see Giannis and Doncic, two uh, international players, draft. That would be pretty cool to see. But, uh, I mean, LeBron was great, and Giannis was chirping back at LeBron last year, so right. hopefully see a little bit more of the same. The uh, the reserves, I guess, we, we quickly talk about it. I mean, we talked about Bradley Beal. He should be on there. Um, in the East, Ben Simmons is, I'd yeah. say, pretty close to a lock. There's word so. Kyle Lowry might be an option as the guard spot. Do you take a guard like uh, Jalen Brown out of Boston, have two Celtics? He's been good, too. What do you do about the Indiana Pacers players? They got Malcolm Brogdon, who now is hurt, but he's been fantastic. And DeMontis Sabonis in the front court could be an Sabonis option. Sabonis probably gets in, right? Lithuania, yeah. Yeah, yeah you love Let's Sabonis. Go. I love Adam me some He's been fantastic. Yeah, are you Lithuanian? Yeah, dude. Yeah, that would be why. Jason you and Iggy Tatum. Brozdakis. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> you know. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of names there in the East. In the West, a little bit, I'd say more concrete in the fact that Damian Lillard's going to be there. Mm-hmm. He's been out of this world. Um, Chris Paul, I feel like, is going to make it for the... I mean, Westbrook will be there. Maybe. No, I probably... I mean, they like voting for guys that they voted for in the past, so I, I you're probably right there. Basketball is really good at just taking their best players. Like that's the thing. Like all their best players just show up for All Star Weekend, mm-hmm. and like even if they're not playing, they still go. Like, yeah, they're ambassadors, to the events, right? right? Yeah. Like that's what's really cool. That's why the NBA All Star Game is the best. So like, guys like Westbrook will be there. I mean, who knows? Like maybe even a guy like Victor Oladipo probably just shows up there because why not? <laughs> well, his first game supposed to be this week. Right? You're right. End of January here, He's and so he playing. might just end up like he. I'm not saying we'll make a team, but like he might just be in the building because that's how the NBA seems to work. Yeah, maybe you'll do a skills competition. Oh, that'd be fun. Do that. They do that obstacle course where they pass through uh, tires Did and they do a layup. Leg? Can they what? Didn't he blow up his leg? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, he, he's got the busted. <laughs> Oladipo, you blew up your leg. Now go run through the obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first Entertain appearance. us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see when the uh, reserves get announced and then mm-hmm. the draft will follow and we'll be watching the game come, I think that's uh, family day weekend there, oh, February nice. 16th. So nice. keep that on your calendars. There's a Tigers game on family day weekend. Is there? there is. is that the one up Monday. in Edmonton? Here. Uh, no, here. Oh, it's here. It's holiday Monday. No it's kidding. The, the Winnipeg Ice, 2 o'clock start. Okay. Yeah, so mark that in your calendars. Yeah, do it. Good. Mark it with a big red star. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Big red star. Big red star. Yeah. Peyton Krebs is coming to town. Oh, we all love he, Peyton. They already Peyton had their meeting in the, in the first go around, but uh, Las Vegas Golden Knight prospect. Yeah. Right? He got drafted by Golden Knights? Yeah. Okay. I was yeah. yeah. thought I was wrong there. Uh, quickly, go around the NBA. Spencer Dinwiddie of the Brooklyn Nets is moving to the bench. Karis LeVert or somebody is going to move into his starting spot. Yeah, He's been averaging 21.5 points and 6.5 assists, which is not too yeah. shabby of numbers. However, Kyrie Irving is back from injury. I put back in a little bit of quotations because he's kind of on a minutes restriction. He still takes games off. He's not 100% back, but he's back. Yeah. Uh, Zion Williamson makes his or made his debut on Wednesday night. It was su- memorable in the fact that I turned off the game midway through the third quarter <laughs> and missed the 17-point fourth quarter. Wasn't that 17 in a row? Yes, it was. I think it was all straight, too. Yeah. Yeah. They were letting him shoot. LaMarcus Aldridge, they were playing the Spurs, and LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge was just... Letting him shoot those threes. Yeah. Not a soul in sight. His arc was straighter than Pinocchio's nose. Yeah. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. He has no arc on his three-pointer. Nope. It was a zoom in. Um, but he looked really good, and he's actually followed up Friday night, had a 15-5 and five game. And then tonight, uh, his very first double-double, 21 points, 11 rebounds in 27 minutes. So they actually gave him some more, some more uh, run time. And he actually played the last 4.30 of the game, which was huge because in that San Antonio game, they took him out uh, for crunch time. He didn't get to play because he's on a minutes restriction. I'm not excited about Zion. You're not excited? I don't care. Like, I mean, he's just, like, he's a guy. Like, the the, the NBA is full of these kinds of guys. Wait. Just wait. Like, I, yeah. Like, I'm just excited. To, like, like, if he plays, sure, I'll watch. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone makes a big deal about every single game he's played. He's only played three. Wait until he like, crowns a dude. Yeah, then that'll be good. But, like, that happens all the time in the NBA now, you know? Like, we have so many of these guys. Like, no one gets as hyped to watch, like, Luka Doncic, but they should. Like, Zion plays three games, and everyone's like, oh, well, he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. I don't. 
Like I, he's fun to watch, but like there's just too much hype around him. Yeah, like just in, just let him play, just enjoy it for like, what it is. Yeah, people have been ant- anticipating his debut for months now. Yeah, and that's part of it. I agree. Him. He had a lot of hype coming out of college mm-hmm. because he's could be could be the next chosen one. He could be the next LeBron. Right. Could be the next Magic Johnson just because of his size, his style of, of play, all that stuff. We just hype up every single dude that comes into the league. It's like everyone that has like a decent pedigree, we hype up. And then it's like but Then you look on the flip side, you go to a team like Miami Heat who draft Tyler Hero. Yep. They get an undrafted guy in Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Duncan Robinson, good. like these they've got a bunch of guys who nobody gives a crap about, mm-hmm. and they're top three in the East, yeah. along with Jimmy Butler. I guess that's yeah, that's like the biggest thing. It's like the league is, the NBA is in a really good place. It like totally they have a is. lot of like exciting players. You can watch any game and find a guy or two that like stand out. Trey Young yeah. on the worst team in basketball, right? And so it's like maybe that's why I'm just not as hype about like Zion because I don't feel like the league needs that big elevation right now. They already have so many guys. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm just like, nah, he's he's good. I'll, I'll watch him if he's on my TV. Yeah, so you know, different league than having Jordan and then Kobe and then LeBron. Like, we don't need that. That star is what you're saying, right? Yeah, like they're. I don't think they're pressed to. to right. Like they don't. They're not looking for that big next guy, right? I mean, like you could probably pick out five in the league right now that could be taking that spot soon. Yeah. So, do you think a lot of that has to do with just the accessibility of all the games? Like maybe back way back in the day like there was only one game that was being broadcast on a certain night and it yep. had to be the the top guy like you yeah, can watch any it. game you can you know you can see all the highlights after a game right? 100% like, what yeah. do you think? The, the league is more uh, social than ever they are the mm-hmm. most like NBA Twitter is one of the best things you could ever follow mm-hmm. like they are fantastic on Twitter the players are so active on Twitter they engage uh, with each other they engage with the fans yeah. and uh, yeah I agree th- th- this game is more global Outside of like soccer, um, they they are right up there. Yeah. They've done a great job, albeit to the power of former commissioner David Stern. He mm-hmm. was a huge ambassador for getting the game where it is today. Because when he first took over, like you mentioned, Corey, this game was on once a week. Uh, NBA Finals games were being tape delayed and aired at eleven o'clock yeah. at night in, in Los Angeles. Like some of these major cities, yeah. they weren't even getting live games. And it was almost like it had a terrible image because it, people thought it was just a bunch of thugs. True. And, yeah, they, he's completely turned this game around to the point where, like you said, two of the best young players are international. One guy from Greece mm-hmm. and one guy from Slovenia. Who would have thought? Basketball powers. I just so. want Ben Simmons to make a fucking three. <laughs> That's he all did. I want. He made one. It's like how... Don't How worry. can you play in this in that league and like not want to make a jump shot? Like you've never been like you know what I should do? I should just work on this. Like well, I should be a good teammate and I should try and diversify myself because when he like, does, I'm one of the best players on my team. When he does everything else really well, would you not be pissed if you go like if you're on that team with a guy like him and he's that talented and doesn't give a fuck to try to make threes? Like, to try and help your team balance as a whole. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know what? No, I don't care. I'm not going to practice that. Like, would that not drive you insane? But we don't know that, if he's not practicing it. Well, clearly he's not because he's not making any. But he's also not <laughs> attempting any. That's the problem. So <laughs> if he's not attempting them, he's probably not trying to make them. 
Yeah. It's like my thing is just like like why wouldn't you want your team to be better off? Like if Ben Simmons is making threes, does that make his team better? But maybe he knows deep down that he's not a three point. That's not the question I asked. If if Ben Simmons is making threes, does that make the Sixers better? Yes. Yes. Right. So why is he not doing that? Because why does he not want to try? Make threes. But yeah. But it's not like it's something that it's impossible to do. It's not like making threes is some kind of art that only Van Gogh can paint. I did it 13 times. You did like, it 13 I mean, times at the Y. What are we like, talking about My here? God. Everyone can do it. It's just so dumb. Giannis has improved his three-point shot this year, so you're not wrong. Exactly. And there's been many, many cases in the past where, uh, you know, NBA greats have improved their three-point shot. Jason Kidd was a terrible three-point shooter yeah. early in his career. And when he won the title with the Dallas Mavericks in 2011, he made some critical three-point shots. Yep. Like so Biggs it, are an example too, right? Like Biggs now can all shoot threes. Well, on his own team, yeah. <laughs> Joel Embiid has said when he comes back from his finger injury, he vows to shoot more threes so that he gives Ben Simmons more of a paint presence. He can go down in the paint and not crowd things up. See, isn't that fucked? <laughs> because Embiid's a better <laughs> shooter than, Sim- than Simmons. Isn't that fucked? <laughs> like, do you hear what you're saying? Like, that can't happen. Uh, I know. That just shouldn't happen. I know. Like, you're, you're he, he's... Playing a point guard position. Dwight Howard's hit more threes this <laughs> yeah, year yeah. than Simmons has his entire career. Like Two to one. I don't know. It's just wild to me. It's like, to, I, I couldn't be in a room and on a team with a guy that has all that skill and then just like can't learn to make a three. Like you can't tell me that you can't learn to make a three. Yeah. If the three of us went and practiced making threes or kicking field goals, like we would inherently just get better at it. Yeah. That's the goal, right? Well, it's just, I don't know. Let's do it then. You guys just don't seem to care. I, I, I just don't no, understand. I yeah. understand. Like, he's never going to be, uh, like, he's never going to be the best three shooter he's in no the Curry. league, exactly. But I understand where you're coming from is at least try, at least get to 30%, where you're making 30%. Just make right? yourself like, passable. Right? Yeah. Because then it just, it opens up your team's offense. Yeah. Then you become, in, like, unstoppable. It adds you such a huge a, dimension. You become a smaller Giannis because yeah. Giannis can do whatever he wants in the paint. Right. Simmons can get to the paint whenever he wants, the way he plays. And yeah, they both can develop a. a I mean, offensively, Kawhi's like that too, right? Like, offensively, like, Kawhi shoots the three when he needs to. Yeah. But he can also get in the paint. Absolutely. And it's like, like Kawhi never has Kawhi been a guy Kawhi started that... as a defensive monster yep. who could only shoot corner threes with San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. You, if you watch 2012, 2013 San Antonio Spurs in the finals, you see Kawhi in the corner every time. He's hanging out with Danny Green. Yeah. You have Danny in one and Kawhi in the exactly. other. And he was making them. Yeah. And then he got a little bit more confidence. And then he started taking it to the 10 and got more buckets that way. And then he became an offensive monster along with defense. So, yeah, it's possible. Absolutely, it's possible. It just blows my mind. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being that guy and being like, no, nah, I'm not making threes. I don't even want to shoot one. Yeah. Don't want to help my team. Did you see this guy who Fuck went the Sixers, man. thirty teams, thirty jumbotrons in thirty days? No. So I have not seen. He this made at it all. his goal. I guess. Well, I don't even know when this thing started. It must have started. Actually, it started on Christmas Day. Was the very first game. I think he's from Philadelphia, and uh, he probably a Sixers fan. Who knows? Ugh. He can't jump. Oh, yeah, <laughs> watching Ben Simmons not shoot a three. But basically, his goal was like I said. 30 teams in the NBA get on 30 jumbotrons in 30 days. And he completed it. He did well. Uh, he doubled up on the LA teams. Both the Clippers and the Lakers played on the same day. One was an afternoon, one was an evening game. So he combined there. And then he had one travel day 
that he got to take off, which made up for that difference. But he, like I said, he hit up all 30 teams and got on the jump. And his costumes, he had a costume for every location. <laughs> oh my gosh. And That's insane. I, I listened to a podcast that he was on uh, describing his journey. So it was him and a buddy. Uh, they were rooming it. They were staying at a friend's house, whatever. And more, more often than not, he got a bunch of costumes after Halloween that he bought. And then he would ship them to his friend's location so that he didn't have to carry 30 costumes in his vehicle as he was driving all over the country. He did a couple flights, but for the most part, he drove. And uh, like I said, if you go to Instagram and it's 30 for 30 for 30 is the handle. And he's got a bunch of stories and videos of it. Uh, It's pretty impressive. And and he's he's a communications guy for, I want to say Red Bull. Like he's a... He's so, actually got a job. That makes a lot more sense yeah. then. That suddenly ties it all together. Were they they were paying him to do it? Maybe no. Oh, no, his boss was supportive, but this wasn't an ad sponsorship. Uh, oh yeah, thing. but if he works for Red Bull, the content that they're getting out of that. If he works for yeah. any like kind of Monster Energy, like anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I want to say it's something like that. Then okay, that never mind. Makes a lot of sense because I was going to say who in their right mind would do that. Yeah. But it, someone that works for them would. But yeah. it wasn't a sponsorship. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it takes a certain mindset yeah. to work for Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. It's the mindset that <laughs> you want to do that. I just no. assume that's that is what that guy's job would be yeah. is like working for Red Bull or, or Monster. So. Yeah. yeah, my first thought is just like first of all how do you get the time off of work to do that? <laughs> Second they of all, were who's very paying, supportive. Yeah. Who's paying your bills? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I was one of those I went to college right away and I got right into a job. Like I, I'm making my way. I'm, I don't got any money to Go on a trip. Eight weeks vacation and, and banked up. Jeez. Start, start Who the does job at Red Bull. Stuff? I need eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see those people that are they're going through college and they're, you know, don't have a job and they're doing two month trips over to Europe and it's yeah. like, God damn, how do you true. afford that? And yeah. true, dude. That's oh, sugar daddies. <laughs> but like this is even more so. You're flying around the country. Well, you're getting tickets only to a the couple games. Couple tickets to the games, maybe free, maybe. I don't know. I'm guessing he's paying. Uh, I know jersey-wise, because there was a couple um, costumes where he needed jerseys, and he actually knew a guy from Mitchell and Ness who hooked uh, him up with a couple of uh, the old-school jerseys that were made okay. through that company. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about tickets and whatnot. I Jeez. feel like I feel like he got his own, but who knows? I, I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, that's... Pretty yeah. random story. Drink Red Bull is what we're trying to say, and then... We don't even know if he works for Red Bull. <laughs> 30 days later. <laughs> do your research yeah. better than I do. Um, a couple quick things to tidy up before we head out of here. Uh, Super Bowl picks. Yeah. 49ers and the Chiefs. Why don't we go around the room and uh, pick our winner? Okay, you start. I go Chiefs. Okay. 35 to 21. Really? I don't think it's going to be close. Really? Yeah. I think uh, Patty Mahomes is... I don't know whether they're going to be down like they have been in most playoff games and mm-hmm. they've had to come back. I still think Patty Mahomes throws for at least three touchdowns and... Uh, they, 49ers defense cannot stop Travis Kelsey. He's going to have a huge day like he always does. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do about that. Because well, Sherman only ever plays one half of the field. On the other side, though, they got to guard Kittle. <clears throat> yeah. Which is, he's a monster too. Yeah. Battle of tight ends, which is pretty cool to see in this day, day and age of football. But that's so. my pick. Chiefs, 35-21. Okay. You seem very fucking emphatic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll take the Chiefs 30-27. to 27. Oh, because I don't think the Chiefs' defense is all that good. No, they're not. And the Niners, or the Garoppolo's going to throw the ball 12 times, <laughs> yep. if that. Uh, but I just think Mahomes is going to make too many plays. 
It'll probably be like a last possession type deal. So I'll, I'll say 30-27 for the Chiefs. Before you make your pick, Corey, do you think the San Francisco offense is built to play catch up in the case that Casey gets up big on him? I don't think so. The way that Garoppolo... He has he has thrown or shown that he can throw the ball, but the last few weeks he ha- he hasn't needed to. But they don't really like they're not going to get themselves into a spot that they need to play catch up right away. Like even if they're down fourteen early, mm-hmm. like they're not going to just abandon their game plan. Like they're going to just run the hell out of the ball. Still depends on I guess how big they. <laughs> they I mean, get down if they get down that big. Well, yeah, but if they get down two or three scores, yeah. like three, maybe they start to throw more, but too early. I think they're still running Just the ball. Keep running with Mozart. Because, I mean, Coleman. their defense is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they their are. defense is one of the best in the league. Yep, right behind so, uh, New England there. I, I mean, philosophy-wise, they're not going to bail out of that if they're down early. Yeah. So I would only think if it's like two-minute drill in the fourth quarter and they got to get points, then you obviously see the change. But I think it's going to be closer for the most part. Just got their it. defense is good. Okay. Corey. Uh, well, I was going to say Chiefs, but... Well, then say Chiefs, I ain't, No, I ain't going to no, agree with you guys. No, you can't just say Niners just because to be different. Don't well, be a sea biscuit. I'm, well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, don't be a sea biscuit. I'm saying Niners just to be different. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, just so I can have bragging rights. Possible bragging rights. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, let's go Niners uh, 27-17. Oh. I think uh, the one guy is going <laughs> to throw a touchdown and... It's probably going to be a field goal, one or two in the game, and yeah, uh, yeah. one of the red teams is going to win. So that is true. That is true. That's, that's a good point. A, that's some analysis right there. Wow. Uh, Do you think there's going to be red Gatorade as well? Oh, oh no. you can bet the color. Yeah. That's right. No, I'm going. I'm going orange. Orange. I, I go. Orange. Li- um, is it like white, like lime colored? Just okay, like well, the yellow, yellow, yellow or white? Okay, I go lime. I'm going okay. lime. Yeah, like, a, like a greeny type yeah, what, thing. Do you have the, are you pulling up the odds here? I'm going to try to find it quick. I did I'm not. Bodog? I, I did not. Bet 365? What's your betting yeah. site of choice? Uh, I usually go 365, but they usually don't do a lot of the, uh, the gimmicks. Prop bets. Yeah, they, they're not a big gimmick site. They're it? just like fucking Give me money. That's what they do. <laughs> do you want to quickly run through baseball while he's pulling that uh, Yeah, here? we definitely can. We can come back to the prop bet. Uh, the MLB Hall of Fame inductees for 2020 were announced on Thursday. Uh, kind of two surprises. One, Derek Jeter was not a unanimous selection. Joke. Yep. And two, Larry Walker made it in his hey. final year of eligibility. Canadian Larry Walker. That oh, was yeah. a nice sight to see. Uh, we'll start with Jeter quickly. Uh, the one vote, I believe I saw it came from a New York-based journalist. Whoa. So uh, somebody that maybe years in the, I, they're just speculating, but maybe in the years past tried to get him uh, after a, a BP and he didn't have time for him. He kind of blew Ooh. him off. So this guy's like, I'm going to get you back. With my vote. I don't Man. even know. That's silly. but um, I wouldn't put it past reporters nowadays they kind of want to be that one who didn't they want to get that limelight for 15 minutes of fame but uh either way the i mean he's the captain he's mr yankee among all the yankee greats and uh he was very much uh safely in there there was no doubt that he wasn't going to get in this time first first ballot hall of famer regardless you look at all the statistics that he leads at shortstop now in that that hall of fame and it's just yeah no question He's he was the best shortstop for so many years of his career, and I feel like a lot of you know you got to have some some plays that definitely define you to to end up there. And and there's there's a couple 
plays you can think of, you know, whether it be the uh, the play in Oakland or or his three uh, thousandth hit, or you know, it's just he was the guy. When right. you have a backhand in the hole named after you, yeah, like you you're the best shortstop. Well, it's like Kobe kind of right. It really, like is. Kobe is the the throw into the into the garbage can and anything on the backhand going cross body that's yeah. Jeter. Like with the jump that yeah. you, you jetered it. Yeah, that's a Jeter. That's a good point and. To hell with whoever didn't vote him into the Hall of Fame. You're, you're yeah. an absolute idiot. Like, I, I hate you and I don't know you. Yeah. Nope. That's totally fine. I, I, hate, I, I hate agree that with person. I'm yeah. going to find them. Just kidding. Just I'm Liam Neeson it? Yeah. Well, can you um, find the friggin' odds for I will. the Gatorators? One more point, and okay. then we will. Okay. All right. Because uh, it says, does Kurt Schilling get in? Yes. Next year. He should. Yeah. <clears throat> I, would, I would hope so. He was one of the better pitchers of his career he was at the 70 percent mark this year yeah. uh his postseason career is sparkling i think it's like yeah. a eight and two record with a like just a shy over two era like it's fantastic regardless um, of what do you think what you think about the whole scenario with him within his ankle mm-hmm. when that was bleeding <laughs> i mean like that's a that's a moment that like baseball fans never forget no nope. yeah. so like different different things like that like those moments are like the thing is when when people think of moments like that it's like those moments only get linked to players that deserve it over the course of their career yeah like if if Dontrell Willis had that happen to him no one's probably going to remember it. they'll <laughs> no, just remember Dontrell prob- Willis they probably see the blood and they're like yeah get out of there We're, <laughs> yeah. we'll go to the bullpen yeah they're like Dontrell big D D train D train but like Troy Tigers uh, oh my, and the Marlins oh yeah, man he was, he, was, he was good with the Marlins when he was with yeah. the Marlins oh that leg kick that lefty too but uh, he should be a Hall of Famer just for the leg kick <laughs> but like the moments like that get linked to guys that deserve it and that have had like big careers like I, I guess it's the best way I'm trying to put it and people I feel like are trying or they, they have tried and they are separating the person from the stats well the person's nuts the person is Probably a bad dude. <laughs> mm. I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> yeah, uh, all of his stuff on Twitter and whatnot. But the player in question had a remarkable career. Great player, legendary. And uh, I agree. He think he should be in. In our group chat, you mentioned Lance the lack of quality talent in the next year 2021 class yeah. among first time nominees. Uh, so it might be a case of recurring players, people that have been on the ballot for quite a few years, like Schilling, yep. get their call next year. Um, well, before we get to Bonds and Clemens, let's quickly touch on Larry Walker. Okay. Because we're going to kind of jump over the fact that he's the second Canadian, the first position player to ever make the uh, Hall of Fame uh, as a Canadian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the the whole stats and the, the notion that Coors Field played any sort of impact into his career stats, I heard something. He only had 30% of his at-bats inside Coors Field. Okay, I don't know about that. That sound that sounds that seems, impossible. That seems high, doesn't it? Thirty percent of his career at bats. Well, I guess over his career, maybe, yeah. maybe that makes sense because well, he didn't spend fifty. He was also in with the yeah. Expos, and then mm-hmm. he ended like the that. career with St. Louis. Yeah, that's about right. So I, guess so. I mean, yeah. his so not only that that stat in terms of the thirty percent, but also his his batting average, slugging percentage, and on base is like six all time. And there's like the six guys in front of them are guys like Jimmy Fox and Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. Mm -hmm. Absolute legends. Yeah, Yeah, his splits were always better on the road. Yeah. And he was just one of the best pure hitters in baseball. He was. So, hell yeah, Larry. 
Did you see his uh, his outfit Fucking when he made Bob SpongeBob Square. SquarePants like NASCAR looking jacket? That was a NASCAR shirt. It, that was a that was a SpongeBob NASCAR shirt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's exactly what it was. Yes. That's a very good point. Yeah, it was like a like you see those guys who wear the NASCAR <laughs> me, it was. jackets. That's so funny. Um, that's what he was wearing <laughs> during all of his interviews, which is pretty. My cool. dad used to wear that shit. That's why it's really funny. My dad used to always wear racing. I always wanted like a NASCAR that. style heavy oh, jacket. Oh yeah, the yeah. leather ones. I wanted like a red Dale Jr. number eight. Oh yeah, I got a big fucking butt on the back. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, my dad had a fucking Dupont on the back. 24 oh, twenty four Gordon. Front. Hell yeah, Jeffy Gordon. That's oh, a that good, shit's awesome. Good call. My dad just wore white sneakers. That's what he wore. <laughs> <laughs> just. And then they get green when he had to go, yeah. you know, cut the grass. And the yeah. New Balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, my know. dad rocks New Balances too. Yeah. Oh, my dad's prototypical. They dad. comfy as hell. Yeah, yeah. they are. I don't they care are. what anybody says. He loves them. Uh, Bonds and Clemens. They this year was their eighth year of eligibility. They got two more left, and they are hovering both around the sixty percent mark. They need to go in. Next year, they need to get in. Will be their big right. tipping point if they can get close. Close to 70, mm-hmm. kind of like Schilling did this year. They got an ultimate chance. What I have heard is the fact that the um, the era committee, so once you get past your 10 years of eligibility with the writers, you go, your the era committee can invite a few people, uh, I think it's during winter meetings, every year. Uh, they can kind of like undo some wrongs if somebody deserves to be in, but somehow didn't get in. But basically what I'm saying is the people in the era committee might hold more of a grudge than the writers will and therefore will it's going to be harder for them to get in the era than it will be with the writers so if they don't get in with the writers they might not be getting in at all i wouldn't expect a bailout no yeah but i mean they should be it just seems asinine to me to ignore uh, like two of the better players in your league's history at a time where you were fucking promoting it with I Bud mean, shit you're promoting it now like you're with the balls? Fucking souping up balls and watching dudes hit 35 bombs a year like it's nothing. And buzzers and okay, well, garbage that's, cans. Yeah, that's and a whole different thing, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. I mean, that's accurate. Yeah, it's not yeah. wrong. That'll be a fun conversation when they come up for Hall of Fame whenever that Tumble, time rolls around. The players like Altuve and stuff? Yeah, that'll yeah. be interesting. But like, <laughs> like to not have Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame is a joke. Like, oh, well, they cheated. They were doing steroids. Yeah, you fucking promoted it. Mm-hmm. You loved it. You you were so happy seeing Sammy Sosa hit seventy fucking bombs a year. Yeah, McGuire, like, shut up. And you knew it was happening. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, Barry Bonds' head was—he was an XXL helmet. Yeah, like, like everyone knew it was happening, and I I've, makes me feel bad for the guys that were trying to make it the clean way, and were trying to, you know, do it the right way and got their career shortened by it. No mm-hmm. different than what some players are going to face. Because of what happened to the with the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. like Houston ended some other dudes' careers, like for for better or worse, they did. Yeah, but it's like, like at a time as a league, you can't just look at it and say, oh, okay, well, I mean, they were the the hype of the sport. They brought the sport to new levels. We promoted the hell out of them, but no, nah, you can't get in the Hall of Fame. Like, shut up! That's so dumb. It's yeah. so stupid. It, I mean, the Hall is already tainted with dudes. And but and it's not tainted though. Like the the Hall of Fame doesn't need to be a perfect place. Hall of Fame needs to be a bunch of guys that assemble or that like resemble the the peak of the years they played. And at a time when the steroid era was huge, they were the peak of the guys that played. Best hitter yeah. and the best pitcher. Like I mean, Roger Clemens, like his numbers are stupid, mm-hmm. insane. 
I mean, yeah, he was all jacked up, but like, like you still can't ignore it. The one Just thing about dumb. Bonds, I was completely shocked with. I didn't obviously get to see much of Bonds during his playing days, but the fact that he hit the 762 bombs is huge. He stole over 550 bases. Yep. Yeah, like the dude was a, a fiend on the base paths. Yeah, like we a lot of people Crazy. remember him just hitting bombs, but yeah, yeah he was fast. He was he was a he, he was ultimate five, five tool. tool player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, holy, he was good. Yeah, I mean, well, he was he was most of those stolen bases were in his uh, his early years when he was real speedy. With the right? pirates and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But uh, ever since he, he found that needle, boy, did that ball go far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, I saw something, oh, who was it? They, it's like SB Nation or something, their YouTube channel. They had like a hypothetical scenario where if, if uh, Barry Bonds never brought a bat to the plate, but the pitcher didn't know he didn't have a bat. So like they still, you know treated him like <laughs> right. he had a bat but he never swung right like his stats were still off the off the because they were pitching around him yeah like yeah. based on balls and like basically him just walking his on-base percentage was crazy <laughs> that's oh, yeah. amazing yeah. i mean he was the only dude that i've ever remembered that got intentionally walked with the bases loaded yeah yeah they're like fuck this we're not doing it yeah <laughs> fuck you barry maybe maybe like miguel cabrera back in the day that dude was a yeah like maybe. maybe he could hit but like not even close to Barry yeah like I'm trying to think like there it's it's so funny because with a guy like that you would expect there'd be like a dust up here or there or someone <laughs> like you know kind of pitched him high and in he's got a little bit of roid rage going on yeah but like no one ever challenged Barry no like no one ever ran too far inside right <laughs> like and there was some fucking wild people when he was playing like Dibble was probably pitching at the same <laughs> yeah. time that that Bonds was playing. Well, he'd probably just, you know, flip the wrists and get that bat through and send well, it uh, 400 yeah. feet. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. it. Just ball spin coming out of his ad room. It's just like, boom, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's get that out of here. But that's the thing. It's just like no one ever tried to dot him. No one ever, like, did anything about it. They're just like, all right, Barry, you're going to you're gonna do that, so we're just going to walk you. Yeah. Whatever. It's just wild because, like, nowadays, like, if a dude hits a couple bombs off you, you're probably just going to pin one on him just to say you did especially if he bat flips oh yeah second row. Well, depends yeah depends who who's pitching i guess true um yeah so well, interesting to see yeah. how next year goes for the both of those guys get your gatorade yeah. uh, gatorade odds okay i found oh, our did? i found our, our prop bet odds. out there okay. so they, wrap this up so they know. this has been long so yeah. i apologize uh you can bet on who's going to win the coin flip and if it's going to be heads or tails of course okay uh you can bet on those the um, anthem i'm guessing the anthem, like the length of the anthem by Demi uh-huh. Lovato. Is Demi, Demi doing it this year? Demi is doing Ooh. it this year. Yeah, is this she's, Super Bowl she'll 54? drag it out. Yeah, I think so. It's okay. in Miami. Okay, Odd Shark said that the uh, the Chiefs are playing the Rams. <laughs> I'm not sure if they know. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Oof. That's an oof. That's not awesome. sure if they know that. Uh, we'll we'll get into the color of the Gatorade. Okay. Lime slash green slash yellow. So all of those strains are leading the way. Plus two fifty. going with. Uh, what did you say? I went with orange. Orange is second. That's a plus 350. Yeah. The big dog is purple. Purple. Is purple. It? Plus 1,200. That'll make you Are some decent money. Are any of those teams... No, they're they're all red. Red and white. Like Yeah, red might be an maybe. interesting bet considering yeah. their colors. Red's plus 750. Good I, odds. I would probably that go red over go. purple. I wouldn't go purple. Oh, clear's actually got the best odds. I'll lie to you. They, they yeah. just updated. Clear I, or I water. Like clear. <laughs> or water. Yeah. The, you want to see Andy Reid sticky? <laughs> do you want to see that? I don't know. I yeah, mean, a little bit. Now. He thick. Yeah, he, <laughs> he 12 Give him 54 C's. Yeah. Did, you see, did you see how he celebrated winning the AFC championship? 
he told the ESPN, I uh, oh. got a cheeseburger and I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic. One yeah. attack. Classic Andy. Uh, yeah. Demi Lovato, will it take her over or under two minutes to sing the anthem? How long does it normally take? How long is it? I anthem? think in the last few years it's been over. I'm going to say under. I think she's going to go. Really? Oh. Does the she have like, the little falsettos the and stuff? That's a, Yeah, she question. likes using her high voice. Oh, The over is the favorite. Okay. I would go under. I think she I'll might go over. Interesting. Yeah. I might be like a 159. Uh, will Demi Lovato forget or omit a word from oh. the national anthem? It's been a while the since she's The favorite's obviously no. The favorite's obviously no. That she would, will not forget be her huge a bet. Yeah. You got to say word for word? I'm trying to think. Because in the Canadian anthem, it's either thy sons or, our, or all of us or thy sons, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. There's really no... Whatever way you you stand with that one, unless you're on Hannah Montana and then you forget the lyrics like uh, she did. You know what I found out at the like the end of the American Anthem is actually a question. I found mm-hmm. I didn't notice it until mm-hmm. I was at like a Tampa Bay Lightning so, or uh, game and they had like the lyrics up on their jumbotron. There was, there was a question at the end for the land of the. Free oh, say does that star spangled? Yeah, it's a question. Brave. That's a question. Oh, say does that. Oh, say, nah, fuck, Can what is you it? see? Wow, we are super fucking cultured. Anyway. <laughs> um, will it take Holy. less or, or no, will any scoring drive take less time than it takes to sing the national anthem? Oh, so like say the anthem is two minutes. Is there going to be a drive less than two minutes? Yeah, see, this is controversial because now that would be, would that be game time or would that be like IRL time? I think it's got to be like clock time. Because that's not fair. Because what if there's whistles and stoppages? That, no, but that's I think that's what it's saying. I know, but that's stupid. Okay, you, should, you want real time. Well, yeah, if you're going to make, if you're going to, you want there's a, no stoppage in the anthem. Oh, no. So you can't have a stoppage on the clock? I guess so. You want a bomb, like a 75-yarder. Yeah. One play, done in I guess that's what it would seconds, be. Basically. That's what it would be. Yeah. I'd say probably not. Um, Corey, I don't know what, Corey, you're looking for the national anthem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Show the camera. Oh, there are question marks in there. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first little bit would Bottom be... Bottom line there. Okay. Um, All right, we're looking here. As we pass it around, how many songs will be played during the halftime show? Seven and a half is the total. Over or under? Uh, okay, we lost Colby. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wanted to show our... <laughs> it is a question. Our camera folks. All so right. did she sing it with a question? Uh, I don't Ron know. Burgundy no styles? One, no one's ever sang oh, it with a question. the Brave? The Home Brave? The brave? <laughs> just a bit. Hello? <laughs> 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 I'd bet on that. I bet you Demi goes goes rogue and just like <laughs> that'd be good. I'm Ron Burgundy. Shows up uh, <laughs> over or under seven and a half show or songs at the halftime show. Seven with, and uh, a half. J Lo and Shakira. Yes, Shakira. Oh, they just Shakira. mix all the songs together, but mm. over. Yeah, well, over is the betting favorite. I say over as well. Will Jennifer Lopez perform Jenny from the Block? Hundred percent. Yeah, that is With the, Shakira. That is a big favorite. Yeah, that's big favorite is yes. What else would she sing? I don't know. Sing the uh, one shows with Pitbull on the NBA Countdown song from like five years ago. That's a uh, maybe. What's Shakira gonna sing? Is my question. We talked about this. Before. We'll dive into that in a second. There's oh. actually odds on that. Oh, oh my god. Uh, will Mark Anthony make an appearance during the halftime show? <laughs> oh, on stage. Yeah. Yes, is the underdog. No, big favorite. Big favorite. I would for say no. no as Mark well. Anthony will not be a part of it. I don't. 
Is, is he... Um, Corey, you give me a look like you don't know who Mark Anthony is. I don't Anthony know who Mark Anthony is. <laughs> <laughs> who are we talking about here? Isn't he like a... He's an artist, or is he like a booking guy? He's like an agent. Mark Anthony? I he was a singer, dude. Was he an actual... Oh. What's the song? Sing me, me a song you, from him. I'll, let me pull up uh, Mark Anthony's discography for you. Okay. Because there are... Uh, like, I can't believe you've never heard of Mark Anthony. He wasn't... Uh, he wasn't good. Okay. Like, I guess is the best way to put it. Fans, like, if you've he, stuck it out for oh this long God. here now, thank you. We he appreciate a, your support so far. His audio is like an hour 20 right now. He yeah, had, we, a number we one. love you guys. A number one, I Need to Know. You remember that one? Nope. Uh, what about Why Hubo Alguayan? <laughs> oh, yeah. That looks a little Spanish. That was big. In what Puerto about, Rico. <laughs> what about Miente? You, might, you probably heard that Which one. Which one? Uh, Vivir Mavida. That was a big one. Living oh la vida loca. Uh, well, I don't Ricky know, Martin. amigo. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so what will be the first song performed by Shakira? Will it be "Hips Don't Lie" yep. or anything else? Whenever, wherever. Don't even. Or Shantage. <laughs> I don't think they start with "Hips Don't Lie." I would like I if would. they started with "Waka Waka." I would love to hear "Hips Don't Lie" seven times. <laughs> really. Interesting. I just want to hear Waka Waka. Over seven and a half. We've got to get that. Yeah, well, that's between both of them, though. Yeah. So this if J-Lo four gets four after, and Shakira gets four, yeah. then, then we're plenty. Waka Waka. Um, <laughs> we're going to hear Waka Waka. Hell yeah. Will a fan Hell run onto yeah. the field during the game? No is the favorite. Big um, time. It's been a while. I don't think we've had one in recent memory. I bet you an animal does. There's a weird animal. Okay, that's a like good bet. A cat Miami? or a bird. Or a, that's I bet good. you there's a raccoon that ends up What about up on an alligator? Field. <laughs> alligator <laughs> an alligator bit me <laughs> funny clip look it up when you get a second okay old old family feud back in the day before <laughs> oh. fucking chicken was cool <laughs> there was this one family and uh the, one of the questions in fast money was name an animal with three letters in its name and the guy's like alligator <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, there was also that same family. It was like, name a brand of gasoline. He's like, regular. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it just like that. I honestly would have said the same uh, thing there. Regular. Uh, regular. And then they go to the big board. <laughs> name a brand of gasoline. You said regular. Um, how many commercials will air during the Super Bowl? The total is 96. See, we don't get to see more than half of them here in we Canada. We did for a little bit, right? We did, well, yeah, on CTV or whatever. Okay, we don't need feet. to break that down too much. There's more. Sorry. Uh, puppy Bowl. Do you like the Puppy Bowl? Oh, I've seen the Puppy you Bowl. You can bet on the Puppy Bowl. Team Fluff, a seven and a half point favorite over Team Rough. Obviously. I'm going right? rough. Patty Mahomes, favorite to win MVP. Yeah. MVP? Uh, MVP, sorry. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's in there at the top as well. Raheem Mostert. Nick Bosa. Also in if there. he has a big game, three we'll score the first there. touchdown as of right now. Damian Williams, the yeah. favorite. Uh, I, I, I think Moser's going to score. I think <laughs> three Mo- Chiefs before a Niners player. Yeah. So just hope if you want to bet the Niners, hope they win the coin flip and go down get the, the ball first and score. Yeah. Uh, and then you can do like receiving yards for Travis Kelsey and passing yards stuff. Like All right, that, that's more technical than we need to go. Yeah. That was a fun trip down. Yeah. Uh, walk Where are we? Lane. Waka Waka. Did you say where are we? Yeah. <laughs> We're it's done. so long. Waka We're done waka. the podcast for today. Right. Anything else, gentlemen? Nope. No, that's long. That was a fun one. Uh, yep. Thank you so much if you stuck it out with us. Thank you so much for downloading. Head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash onthebordpodcast. Uh, we have all of our links up on there. And uh, we've got a, a special interview in lined up for next week. Yeah. Former Tiger uh, defenseman Shane Brown going to be jumping on. Uh, Shane... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was funny actually. My, I, I was telling my mom about uh, that we might have Shane come on. Okay, and, uh, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember Shane. I remember watching him play." Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many people remember Shane. We're gonna so. bring him up too. <laughs> yeah, but he played on the him. played on the team that went to uh, Mem Cup. Of course, he was a part of the team that played in the uh, Fog game at the arena. Uh, so he played with the likes of Tyler Ennis, and and I think he played with Darren Helm, Dane Todd. Yeah, uh, he's got a one funny story about Tyler Ennis uh, to share. Uh, at least. We're gonna make him share it. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that'll be that'll be really cool. We'll just get kind of get some stories from from Shane about playing with those kind of guys in in that decade and those years that he played and uh, and what it was like to play with Willie too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in the first incarnation of mm-hmm. Willie, yeah. uh, should be a fun one. We'll be having that out next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, for Lance Dull, Corey Bacoskis, Colby McKee, signing off. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash on the board podcast. Yes! Yes!